Hi everyone, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of 7 Mile Chats. As you know, the purpose of this podcast is to have a conversation about scripture, and so I don't usually go it alone. I much prefer to talk with my guest and have them share insight and amidst our conversation have Christ appear. But I couldn't let this feast of the solemnity of Christ the King pass by and not talk about the readings. For those of you who know me, you know that I love to celebrate New Year's. And the Feast of Christ the King is kind of like celebrating the end of our liturgical year. The following week, we'll start Advent, which starts our new year. So it's kind of like New Year's Eve. And I love celebrating New Year's Eve. I love getting dressed up. I love watching the ball drop. So I really wanted to take an opportunity to share the readings for this Sunday. And I had that opportunity Um, Last week, I was doing some virtual retreats with liturgy training publications this year, and I um, got to present on these readings last Thursday for their latest session. If you ever want to check those out, go to liturgy training publications website, and they record the sessions. So you can search for Living the Sunday Word and find the recordings and sessions. I really recommend you check out the upcoming Advent sessions with Liturgy Training Publications. It's a great way to reflect on the coming readings for each Sunday. I also recommend that if you enjoy this type of podcast where someone prepares the readings for you for the upcoming Sunday liturgy, that you check out A Shower of Roses, which is a Catholic podcast run by um, a woman that I have just met this year through this Catholic podcasting world. Each week they take the readings for the upcoming uh, Sunday and talk about them. So definitely check out A Shower of Roses if you enjoy this type of format. I'm going to stick with my format, except making an exception today. I'm going to talk about the readings, read the readings for Sunday, And I just, because I love that my guests pick whatever scripture they want, it's a little bit out of season sometimes. We're not necessarily going with what the church um, has for each week for the readings, but that's okay. I love hearing what my guests have to say about the scriptures that they've chosen. But I thought I would definitely at least acknowledge that we are ending this liturgical year. 2020 has been insane, as we know, and definitely different. But these readings and reflecting on them this year, or this past week rather, has really given me insight and the reflection that I need to look back and see that not everything in 2020 was horrible. Yes, there was immense suffering and is still immense suffering. A lot of people will be separated from their families and the holidays will be hard. But these readings give us a lot of hope. And so I want to address these feelings and these things that we've been going through this year and what better way to do that than through scripture and talk about it on a podcast. So please uh, enjoy. First reading for this year's Solemnity of Christ the King. First reading comes from Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. As a shepherd tends his flock, 
when he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they are scattered, when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord. The lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. So this first reading ties in so nicely with the gospel, which we'll hear in a bit, but Ezekiel was writing during this time of, or he was a prophet rather, during this time of the Babylonian exile. We've talked about this when we've talked about prophets on this podcast. This was a time when people were truly scattered. And I think there is that connection with us today, especially as we think about how are we going to celebrate the holidays. Our families may be a little bit scattered. We may not be able to get together. We may be separated. So at this time in Israel's history, when Ezekiel is prophesying, Israel is split and in the kingdom of Judah is being taken over by Babylon. And the Babylonians are taking some of the important citizens with them back to Babylon. And some of the other people of Judah are fleeing for their lives. So people are literally scattered. But what Ezekiel is saying here is that God will bind them up, that there is hope, that he will bring them together. So no matter what our situation, as we think about the holidays, we are still united and we have that hope that God will unite us. And maybe right now we're united in our suffering, we're united in our sadness, but we're not alone. There are other people around the world who also are experiencing that. And we have a God that experienced that when Christ suffered on the cross and experienced that loneliness too. And so I think this reading is really perfect for our time, and it also will connect really closely with the gospel. So I just wanted to point out that historical context of this scripture. This passage also connects very closely to the psalm, which is a very familiar psalm. It's done a lot at funerals. But again, it's that idea that even though there is darkness, God is our shepherd and he is there leading us. So this leads us into today's psalm, which is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures, he gives me repose. Beside restful waters, he leads me. He refreshes my soul. He guides me in right paths for his name's sake. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. So again, there's that shepherd image that we had in Ezekiel as well. And just like in Ezekiel, where Ezekiel talks about the lost being sought out and the strayed being brought together and the sick being healed, we see that here with this image of God as our shepherd in the psalm that he is going to anoint our head with oil and take care of us. And not just enough, but the next line is, my cup overflows. He's going to give us an abundance of healing and everything that we need so that our cup overflows. 
So again, we have this image of hope, and I know that this year has been tough, and we don't know what's to come, and we're still in the midst of COVID-19. But God is shepherding us and with us through it all, and so that gives us hope. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, and when I first read this as I was preparing for um, last week's liturgy sessions, virtual sessions, I was really thrown off by this, but it is a beautiful reading, and I was really glad that I got to reflect on it. I'm actually going to read my reflection that I shared for that virtual session after I read the second reading from 1 Corinthians 15. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead also came through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life. But each one in proper order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. So there's a lot in this reading, and I, like I said, I'm going to share my reflection that I came up with for the virtual session. But you may see this theme of God coming to rule. So it's the end of our liturgical year. And so we think about the second coming when we believe as Christians that Christ is going to come again and judge. And these readings comfort us, but also tell us that we need to be prepared because Christ is coming again. So let me share a little bit about this first reading when I initially read it and prepared. St. Paul, in this first part, or this part of 1 Corinthians, is dealing with the topic of resurrection. He's trying to set straight those who are arguing about the existence of resurrection and how we can attain it. When I would teach the Paschal Mystery to sophomores, they would sometimes ask, why did God have to save us through the death of the Son? Couldn't just God just start again or save us by some other way? Paul lays out the plan so clearly here, though that I marvel at the awesomeness of salvation history and how perfectly all of these stories and figures line up. Death was brought into the world by a man, Adam, when he chose to disobey God in the garden, disregarding God's instructions to not eat that fruit. Paul lays out so perfectly here that if we achieved death through Adam's disobedience, then it makes perfect sense that we would achieve salvation through Christ's obedience. So I point out to my students that it was a perfect plan. It makes sense that when sin was brought into the world by a man, that sin would be, would be freed from sin also by a man. And resurrection is brought about by Christ's obedience. The parallels and connections between Adam and Christ don't stop there as we know. There are two men, each in a garden, one in the Garden of Eden, bringing about sin into the world with his actions, giving in to his temptation and the other agonizing and resisting temptation in the Garden of Gethsemane before he makes a sacrifice of himself to save us from sin. Again, the plan of salvation was so perfectly set up from that beginning in Genesis in the Garden of Eden. If Paul were still around today, I wonder what he'd say about our culture and our attitude towards resurrection. 
I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, the term cancel culture, which has become so prevalent, has twisted our idea of redemption, I think. It's custom now to cancel anyone who's done anything wrong with no room for redemption or a second chance. While in certain cases, actions clearly must be canceled or condemned, if something is wrong, we need to call it out, and in some cases, remove it. That is also from scripture, that if our right hand causes us to sin, we need to cut it off, not literally, but that we need to remove that sinfulness. But we also believe in redemption and second chances. So to cancel someone, to cancel a business, a product, that's one thing. But to cancel a person with no room to correct their wrong, where's the lesson? Where's the redemption? Maybe that's the teacher in me as well as the Christian, but I can't help but think, what would have happened if God would have canceled us back in that image of the garden or the many, many times throughout salvation history? I'm so taken with God's perfect plan of forgiveness that he chose to forgive us through a man, his son, so that we in turn would know how to model forgiveness to each other. I'm also taken by and struck by the word first fruits in this passage, since it's not really a word that we use much today. The footnote, because I love a footnote in the New American Bible, says that first fruits are the portion of the harvest offered in thanksgiving to God and implies the consecration of the entire harvest to come. I love that image in that line. That phrase first fruits makes so much sense that way now. Christ gave that initial first fruit through his death and resurrection, but it's not the end. It implies that the harvest and offering is complete when we offer ourselves. This is a lot to take in, but the footnotes help to make it a little clearer. Christ is that initial perfect offering that allows salvation to be possible for us. Just as in the garden in Genesis with Ad, when Adam is where salvation history begins, we are where it ends. Christ is the first fruit. We are the harvest. I've said this so many times, but it truly is the church's wisdom that these readings are all picked perfectly for us at this time. As we prepare our own harvests for the holidays, gathering food in preparation for the New Year, as I've mentioned, in this time towards the end of the year, we reflect back on the growth and offer up the first fruits of our own harvest. The work that we have done this year and offer it back to God in thanksgiving. With liturgical year coming to a close and this feast of Christ the King ending our year, we think about the fruits of this year, but also about the harvest, and also the second coming, when we will be completing those first fruits and fully uniting ourselves with God the King. There is much to think about and ponder, but Christ has already won the victory. We need to only think about what we can offer of ourselves to complete that sacrifice that he started. So that was my reflection on the second reading, which again, I was really not expecting to have so much to say. <laughs> you know, I really love those images of the sheep that we get in the first reading and in the psalm, but I think the second reading reminds us that Christ did all of this, became a king, humbled himself, died on a cross for our salvation. And it's a really good reminder, especially as we get into this last reading, the gospel, which is a doozy, but so important and very much gives us information that we need if we want to be saved, if we want that salvation, if we want to be with God in heaven. So the gospel from today is from Matthew, as we've been hearing from this whole liturgical year. Jesus said to his disciples, 
when the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him. He will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least of my brothers and mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, for you were cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. A stranger and you gave me no welcome. Naked and gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of those least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Okay, so you see the connection to the first reading. The first reading was a very sweet reading from Ezekiel where he's talking about sheep being scattered and the Lord is going to bind them up. And here in the gospel, we see that, yes, he is going to bind up the sheep and collect them and take them, but those goats. And there is the allusion to the goats in the Ezekiel reading as well. So we can look at this and we can say, well, is this going against what Ezekiel says where we have this separation? But I think it still all depends on us. We have free will, and that connects to the second reading with the story of Adam. Adam had the free will. He chose the wrong, but God gave him that free will so that we're not forced to do things, that we get to make our own choices. And that actually is an act of love. We don't want someone to love us by force. Love is special because we are chosen and people choose to love us. And so here, it's our choice in this gospel reading if we choose to do as Christ is telling us to do or not. We have that choice. It's up to us. And he wants us to choose the right. So let's talk about what it means to do the right. Christ is talking here about the corporal works of mercy, the themes of Catholic social teaching. Doing things for the least is what's going to get us into heaven. And if we don't want that separation, then we, we need to do those things. Because it says in the latter part of this gospel, those who do not do those things don't do them for Christ and therefore are choosing to, you know, choosing their destiny. So the choice is ours. And I love this idea that our salvation, you know, this is kind of the big debate between a lot of Protestant faiths and Catholics. You know, what does it mean to be saved? Well, it's for us as Catholics, and we've talked about this in the podcast, it's faith and works. So we have to do these things. We have to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit the imprisoned, care for the ill. We have to do those things if we want to get into heaven. And I think these are good things. It's not 
we don't have a God who's selfish and just says, just worship me and then you'll get into heaven. No, he's saying, help your brothers, help your sisters, help your neighbor. If you do that, then you are serving me. And so it's a very humbling thing. And all of every time, no matter what year we're in, um, whether it be liturgical year A, B, or C, we always have these readings of a very humble God. It's the feast of Christ the King. We should be exalting him as king. But we get these very humble readings because we have a king who is humble. So that's a lot. But I really wanted to take the time to dive into these readings because they are so rich. And I think they do apply to our world today, which is the purpose of this podcast. So this idea of being scattered in Ezekiel certainly can relate to us. But know that we're not alone. Know that we're connected to those Israelites way back during the Babylonian exile who were scattered. And we are united with those who were all in this kind of similar situations now with the COVID-19. And ultimately, these are readings of hope because we have a God who wants us to be united to him and has offered us that salvation. We just have to make the choice and accept it. So thank you all for listening. And again, if you like this kind of format, you can go check out A Shower of Roses, who does the readings for each week. And there will be a new episode of our conversations here on Seven Mile Chats on Tuesdays, as always. But uh, just wanted to end liturgical year on that note. I'm very grateful for all the things 2020 has brought, even though there has also been a lot of suffering. I see a lot of the good that's coming from it. And this podcast has been one of them. So thank you all for listening. Get ready for Advent. The episodes won't necessarily follow that liturgical cycle, but I hope that you're preparing for Advent in a special way. And thanks again. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.